In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I am Kimberly Lewis and today we're going to kick off kind of a little sub-series of Leadership Beyond Borders that is going to focus on women in leadership from different industries. And we're going to try to do this on uh, Leadership Beyond Borders at least once a month. So what is Leadership Beyond Borders if you're tuning in to us for the first time? Leadership Beyond Borders is about helping you become aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. But we also talk a lot about business issues that leaders need to be aware of in order to lead their businesses successfully in today's global marketplaces. Over the last months, we have covered a lot of subjects, uh, data privacy, trust in leadership, and we've also interviewed quite a few female leaders. So this is kind of a good good time now for us to kick off talking to female leaders at least once a month. Now, if, if you haven't heard our, broad, our broadcasts or our podcasts or interviews, then you can ex- access them on Voice America Business Channel under Leadership Beyond Borders. You can also download us on iTunes and Google Play. We have some great leadership stories and great leadership advice. You can also reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, contact me. We do have a worldwide audience. If you have a compelling business story, if you are a leadership expert, if you're passionate about something in business, reach out to me. And you can go to my website under leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com and check out what we have to offer. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which provides in-house training for women all over the world and also customize leadership workshops and programs for companies in-house as well as having open sessions out of house. The Women's Leadership Academy was originally founded to prepare women in the European Union for the European Union Directive of 40% gender split on publicly owned companies in Europe 2020. And since then, we have expanded worldwide because leadership for women is not just needed in Europe, it's needed all over the place. So make sure you listen to Leadership Beyond Borders each week. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, if you have a If you're a business owner, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful for you and your business. Now, on to today. I was reading the other day and I saw a UK study by West UK. It was from 2015, but that's okay. And it showed at that point UK had the lowest number of women in engineering with less than 10%. Now, I also saw another statistic by UNESCO, and this study was worldwide, and it revealed that there were 32% of women in engineering. Now, that's a little better than 10%, but I ask myself, why is it still so low? Because 50% of the workplace are women, and 50% of today's graduates are women, or more than 50%. Now, the low number is very often attributed to the challenges women have historically faced in such male-dominated careers, such as engineering, and um, also because females don't usually or haven't historically taken engineering in their studies. Now, a lot of that has to do with conditioning and stereotype, but one thing I have to say, things are looking up. The University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, has announced that 60.7% of their engineering students in the master's and doctor programs are women. So way to go, Chapel Hill. 
and they have the highest percentage of women among the 193 uh, universities that were studied by U.S. News. So maybe we're seeing we're seeing some progress, but engineering does have a long history. The term engineer was found in 1100, and it was really focused on building and design. And back then, women played an important role, but quite an unnoticed role in engineering. And by the 19th century, women took a noticed role, but more in academic training, mathematics, or science. And then in the early 20th century, things were looking up. Women started to be admitted into engineering programs. And the first woman to graduate in engineering was Elizabeth Bragg from the University of California, who earned a bachelor's degree in civil engineering in 1876. Now, the numbers have not really grown rapidly since 1876, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how can we help these numbers grow. And I have a guest today who I met a while ago uh, when I was doing a systemic team coaching, who is an engineer and is an advocate for engineering. And she is quite well known, and she is really somebody who has really made an initiative to try to help women get into engineering. Inhil Rekik is a clinical engineering manager at the MedStar Georgetown University Hospital. Inhale has worked as a clinical engineer at the University of Maryland Medical Center and the hospital at Sacre Coeur in Montreal, Canada. Inhale pursued her education in Canada, where she received her bachelor's degree in computer engineering from Laval University and master's degree in biomedical engineering from Polytechnic School of Montreal. Inhale used her engineering degrees to enter the healthcare industry where she's passionate about making healthcare delivery safer and more effective. She received both national and international recognition for her work in designing hybrid operating rooms and alarm management. She specializes in biomed IT synergies and has a biomedical device integration and medical device security special she is a specialist inhale is an active member of aami healthcare technology leadership committee and is the author of tech tips column technation magazine she's and as i said before when i met her she was she's an unbelievable advocate and she's also an advocate of the women in the stems career program um, I met Inhale in Boston, as I said, and I've watched her career and her passion about engineering, and that's why we'd love to hear from you, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Kimberly. Welcome. Uh, thanks for the great introduction. Yeah, I met you right at the right time when I was transitioning into the leadership book, um, leadership um, and po- position, and um, the gift, uh, your book, The Ponytail Talk, it's, it's all about your ca- winning career strategies for women, had helped me a lot. Thank you for the great introduction. Oh, great. Well, it's great <laughs> to have you back. It's great to talk to you again. So let's just kind of start simple for a minute um, okay. for our listeners and, and, and talk a little bit about engineering and what kind, of, what kind of careers we're talking about. Because sometimes I find people really don't even know how to define engineering. Because it's quite yeah. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Engineering is a big term, so it covers all the fields, biomedical engineering, computer engineering, electrical engineering, civil engineering, chemical engineering, aerospace engineering. There is several disciplines in engineering. And so what made you want to go into engineering? Well, I, I loved math and science. I used to do a math comp- competition in high school. Uh, I actually first wanted to be a doctor be- um, because my father was a, was a gynecologist, but then he said that I couldn't, uh, it, being a doctor would not, be, would not help me to balance family and work. Uh, I remember growing up in high school, I was reading all science book. We had the encyclopedia at home and I used to read it in high school. Um, so when it, I, at 18 years old, 
result that was really career minded and the last thing and driven the last thing I had in mind was having kids so um, but when I when I was about to start my bachelor's degree uh, it was the year 2000 and computer engineering was on trend so I selected that uh, it didn't even occur to me that I shouldn't go into engineering because it was a male dominated field so something I didn't give a thought at all so when you when you selected computer engineering, you talked about all these other fields of engineering. And um, what do you know? Any are there more fields that are more have more women today than other fields? And um, so you said you didn't think about the male dominated. What yeah. made you choose computer engineering? <laughs> Yeah, so it was the year 2000. Computer engineering was on trend then. Um, so it wasn't a popular choice for women. Um, when I did my bachelor's degree, we were less than 10% women in the classroom. I think you will find more women in generally in biomedical engineering because mm-hmm. we, are, uh, we are engineers. We engineer healthcare, biomedical engineers. And healthcare mostly is a women-dominated field, so you see more women transitioning into that field. I think you will see a lot of women also in chemical engineering as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and when 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 you go, to go into these fields, what are what are the some of the the challenges from your experience that you faced, and maybe some of the opportunities also. When I went there, um, honestly, I think uh, during the studying, um, I didn't have any challenges um, in the classroom. I think um, I liked being the only woman in the group. So uh, that wasn't something um, challenging. Um, I think I was, uh, throughout my career, um, I think even as a, as a student, I had a lot of professors who were very supportive of me, um, and they were encouraged me to, go, to take challenges and then to handle assignment beyond my uh, comfort zone. Um, I, had, um, I didn't have any male um, supervisor. I only had men supervisor, and they given me opportunities. Uh, have been supported by men, um, so it's. Uh, I had a great experience being an engineer in the in the male dominated field. Mm-hmm. And and in university, let me just come back to, to that to your ten percent there. And I'll, um, when mm-hmm. you said that you're only ten percent in your university were women, um, were the women who were that ten percent. Were there any stereotypes that they had to be, you know, overcome or, um, uh, you know, it's still new. I mean, 10% yeah. is a low yes. statistic, okay? <laughs> so Yeah, I think there is a stereotype out there that uh, women in engineering do not like fashion or don't, uh, don't are masculine, are not feminine. Um, I think, like, in the beginning, I was trying to look like boys, but then I quickly figured out I was not a boy, so I was like, it's better to be myself. <laughs> so, uh, I think you you can like engineering, and you be you can be as feminine as you would like. Um, I don't think we need to buy in into the engineering that women, that you need to wear thick glasses and talk like a guy. Um, I think you can like engineering, and like me, you like fashion, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I, so yeah, uh, it, it's hard in the beginning. You try, and then after a while, you're like, no, I just need to be myself. And yeah, we were. Um, so we, it was. I studied at Quebec, La Université Laval, and um, so I'm born from. Uh, I'm from Tunisia, and I speak uh, French. Um, and then we had a lot of international students, so it was a great experience uh, for me. There was a lot of uh, international students who came to study computer engineering at the same time as me. So, so I'm just, that's that's really great. And um, was was do you think in Canada was any? I mean, the statistics are still low. Was it just generally low across the board still then in 2000 when you were there, or or do you think that there are certain countries that are a little bit ahead of other countries on this? I think um, I think the statistics were low in Canada. But I don't know the statistic between Canada and the U.S., but I can tell, for example, like uh, in Tunisia, I think that we might have more women uh, in engineering. Science, when I grow up, uh, being good in science and math was something that parents are proud of. 
So when we talk, we're like, my girl is very good in math and science. I remember my mother was talking to her friends and saying, oh, my girl, uh, my, my daughter, she had 20 out of 20 in math and science. So we kind of, we were, that's how we brought up. So that's how I brought up. I brought up to believe that I can do math, I can do science, I can do anything. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems a little bit balanced and in balance. Um, when you think of, when you think about, uh, that 50% of technology users are women and 50% are purchasing, making purchasing decisions. The numbers seem just a little bit unbalanced when it comes to, um, uh, you know, how many are in the university. You have any comment on that? Yeah, I know. Uh, it's it's sad because the women, we are like 50% of technology users. And um, so it starts really, it starts at the, we need to tell women they can do engineering. So I think that's how it starts. We need to encourage women. We need to uh, advertise engineering as a career for women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great. So you're you're a role model here, then, and this is really really exciting. And um, what what we're going to take a little break now, Inhale, and um, okay. when we come back, I'd I'd like to to hear a, a little bit more about um, you know what actually happens when you get into the career, okay, and okay. Um, and. You know, you know what we have, what women have to do in there. Okay, when when you get into the career. So for our listeners, we're speaking speaking to Inhel Rickick, clinical engineering manager at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that that workforce. Okay, and what we, women have to do. And if you want to reach out to Inhel, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn because she's on LinkedIn, and, and I'll spell her name for you. It's I-N-H-E-L-R-E-K-I-K, Inhale Rekik. And you can also go to Twitter and tweet her. On, it's under Inhale Rekik at Twitter. And I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. And you can reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or my website at globalbusinesstherapy.com. And with that, we'll be right back. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Skilled migrants throughout the world can face a variety of challenges. Many times they settle for jobs that are below their skill level because their education and qualifications are not recognized. Do we need local experience in a global world? Join host Alma Besserton for the Global Workplace. We'll explore the issues being faced by migrants as well as showcase diversity and recognize the leadership and inclusion roles of some of today's top global organizations. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we are speaking today with Inhale Rekik, Clinical Engineering Manager at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, and we're talking about women in tech and engineering. Before the break, we we kind of took a little um, state of the world, and we just talked about you know what engineering careers are and um, how you know you told us a little bit about your career and how you made the decision to go into engineering. And I'd like to to, to go in and hear a little bit more on on. Once you're in the career, what happens? Um, what 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 is the biggest challenge women face once they've made that decision and they're in the career? 
I think it's uh, really um, staying there. Um, I think committing to the decision that you want to have, uh, that you want to finish your computer degree or your engineering degree. Uh, I think it's more um, making sure that you speak up in the classroom, that you communicate your voice. Uh, I think sometimes women, we kind of sit back and we uh, retract. You have to be Keep putting yourself out there. Uh, I think you need to to be confident and to be confident and know how to speak in confidence in the classroom. And I think you need to ask for um, assignments that are very um, that are challenging to you. Um, I think you really need to be confident and speak up and handle as handle challenging assignment. Go beyond your comfort zone. Um, I think you we need to be more. We need, we need to be more assertive in engineering mm-hmm. because men are, and when you're working in a team, you, you need to let your opinion known. Um, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so that began this action in the university because you're only 10%, okay? Yes. And um, did you find it was kind of difficult, uh, the balance between, you know, um, being able to speak up and contribute be, um, because you're one of the only 10%, I mean, that's a minority, or, you know, trying to avoid that, um, oh, my gosh, here she goes again. She's asking another question. You know, trying to be too assertive. Uh, did, was, is that a challenge to try to balance that? Well, I, I don't think I thought about it that much back yeah. then. I was much younger. So mm-hmm. uh, back then, all I, I was so hungry to learn. I, I didn't give it much thought. I think I think if we try to overthink it, we're just gonna complicate our life. I think to just be <laughs> just be spontaneous. I think uh, just keep it in your back in your mind that you need to speak up and participate. But I think in the end, being yourself is is the best way you can um, approach this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, this ten percent. I mean, obviously a minority. Okay, and and it, as you just said, in kind of a male-dominated world, it, you know, I've read some statistics, and it's reported that forty-seven percent of female engineers has report reported some kind of discrimination on gender. Do you, do you have anything to talk? Do you have any comment to that or experience with that? I, I don't know if it's specifically because it's engineering that it's male-dominated field that discrimination might be experienced. I think it can happen in any field. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean because it's a women-dominated field you're not going to be discriminated against. I, I think I, I shouldn't. You shouldn't let. We shouldn't let these statistics scare us from going into engineering. If I read these statistics, I'll probably be afraid to go into engineering when I was young. So I think. We should, there is a bad and good everywhere. Um, So just these are some of the stereotypes, I think, that are in the field, uh, that because you are in a male-dominated field, you would be discriminated against. It it doesn't happen. Uh, If it happens, it's exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is a really good point because um, I, I read this article based on engineering, but I've read other articles, and I'm I'm quite school schooled in the discrimination rates, mm-hmm. and and they are quite high. Okay, I mean this forty seven point one is maybe a little bit higher, but I think you're right. You have to relate that basically to the ten percent. Okay, so yeah. um, if you have the more male dominated field, then you're probably going to have a higher rate but it is pretty much across uh, across the field on that um so you know staying with that thought um what would be you know it this kind of stuff happens okay so what you know if it happens what would be your suggestion to somebody who's in the field kind of a new person who just entered into engineering would you have any suggestions on how to handle that I think most companies have policies around this. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, to see your policies, but really, I don't think you really should be going in there expecting that something bad is happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's better to speak up if you experience and you think you're experiencing to speak up first to your supervisor. I think it's better to give the benefit of the doubt first 
before taking it before doing anything and mm-hmm. I, I really I mean the, the field is so great there is so many things you can do technology is driving the world do not let any 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 misconceptions or any stereotypes hold you back from going into engineering Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great point. Thank you, um, yeah. because because there's discrimination every place. Okay, and yeah. and it's and it's more it's more about you know showing what you can do, showing your delivery, trailing your contribution, and if you do that, then you can try to overcome some of these challenges. Um, you I, you said when you were talking about the the engineers in university, the women in university, and, and them graduating. Um, there, there's another statistic that says 20% of engineering school graduates are women, but only 11% are practicing engineers. Why, why would that be? So I think this could be a variety of things. It could be that women went to engineering and they weren't sure they wanted to go into engineering. It could be also because um, I think I didn't mention this, but engineering is a very flexible career. And really, like you can do um, mechanical engineering and decide you want to work in the computer engineering. Doing engineering helps you solve problems and then you can apply those skills to so many other disciplines. And mm-hmm. I think if you read the statistic, the data shows that those women who left the engineering field, they probably took a leadership position in some other fields and, and a better position or something that is um, can apply to them. Well, that that would be a really encouraging, um, encouraging thought to try to get more women in because um, – if you do learn some really excellent skills and if you can take those skills and apply them other places, then that is probably the best of both worlds and should be a really good reason why you should choose going to, into engineering or not. Or what's your comment on that? Yeah, I think it's really great for me, for example, because I decided to do computer. I wanted to be a doctor and then it didn't. Uh, you know, I changed my mind. Um, I went to into computer engineering, but really now, uh, after the, I did my master's in biomedical engineering, but if tomorrow I decide I want to work mechanical engineering, I can do. I think it's it's a, it's a, the degree you have is it's very flexible, and I I think uh, engineering really is is the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we should we should go into engineering. I love engineering. <laughs> I do not regret not being a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so so one of the reasons to go in would be really a great flexible field, and you can probably yes. move. You can probably move laterally into different types of engineering once you have an engineering degree, which is a fantastic reason to study engineering. And what about not just moving laterally, but moving horizontally? Okay, um, if you're once you get the engineering and good degree and you intend to climb the ladder and that's when I met you because when you and I met you had you had just become your first leadership position um what if you want to climb the ladder in engineering what what do you need to do I think um is actually um putting your hand out there like saying that I want to go into leadership position I think oftentimes women shy away of uh, saying to their supervisors that they want to be into leadership position I think they need to say it even if this position is the one is his position they want because you never know he might leave tomorrow but you want to make sure that he put you in a development man, plan to put you in the leadership position but oftentimes women shy away from leadership position, not because they are afraid of going into leadership position, but they think about how I'm going to be fitting this in everything I'm doing. They don't think they can be successful in many roles, being a mother, uh, being a successful in, in, be in their leadership role, uh, and uh, being a, a, a spouse. So I think women start thinking about that way before they should be talking about it, and they're holding themselves back. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so that's that's kind of the work-life balance. Thinking too far ahead, yeah. and and you know that's kind of we're talking about engineering here, um, because and because of the statistics of less women. But in generally, that that's something that we can generalize. Okay, I think um, whether it's engineering or or whatever career it is, that women uh, sometimes 
think too far ahead and that stops them. Okay, it puts the brakes on and and they should be actually saying, okay, grab the moment, let me do this and develop myself. And that's what you did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think you have to put it in your mind that you can do anything you want to do. And also, you're stronger than you think you are. You may not think that you can have to, uh, you can have uh, kids and work, or but but sometimes things y- you have to go with the flow and you have to stay in the momentum of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, when you when you're doing that and when you're going in leadership and and as you said, you know, we're talking about the horizontal in engineering. You can pretty much move any place you want to, and in, in I, I mean in the in the vertical and the horizontal, excuse me. Then you know, put yourself into that leadership position. Were there any Were there any challenges actually in work? that you faced as you moved up in a leadership role in engineering? I I think you, yeah, absolutely. I think you summarized several of them in your book. Um, I -hmm. think the moment you you move into leadership, you realize that you have to adapt your approach to your situation. Um, I think for, for, there is, is, first of all, like the the likability versus uh, assertiveness. So you have to find the balance between um, being uh, respected and therefore being too masculine versus being feminine and not, I mean, masculine and therefore respected but not liked and then being feminine but that not respected but liked. So navigating that so is, is something that is a skill that we need to learn. And mm-hmm. um, also uh, there is uh, making sure that there is also like the maternity wall. So when you're a mother, you're not viewed as being as committed to your career as as as, as if you're not a mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and and that do you think that leads to some of the things that I mean, women women actually tend to believe they're underqualified and don't apply for as many opportunities as men do? Do you think all this stuff comes together and, and, and that affects their decisions? Yes, I think it affects their the decisions. We kind of men and uh, women in general, we um, underestimate our performance. Mm-hmm. And then we also do not, so that in itself, it puts a breaks to our capabilities and then the opportunities that we would be reaching for. So uh, really uh, being aware of that and applying for position, even when you see that you only qualify for 60%, whereas men, when they just see the position apply, they only qualify for 60%, they will go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we tend to underestimate our abilities. We think we need to be perfect. We need to know it all, but I think you should know that you can learn of the job and then go for it. I think think that having more women becoming leaders comes more putting our hat in the ring. Mm-hmm. Even okay, if great. we do not feel we're ready, because if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to do it. That's a great <laughs> point. And and with that, with that, we're going to take a short break. Um, and for our listeners, we're talking with Inhel Rekic, clinical engineering manager at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital. Inhel is working to spread the word and encourage more women to enter engineering and grasp the opportunities out there. And when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the things that lies in everybody's heart. It's probably not just engineering, but I've read that it's a little bit more in engineering, such as wage gaps. And then I'd like to talk a little bit about how we're going to get more women in, okay? Um, What are we going to do? Now, if you um, want to reach out to Inhale, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn under Inhale Rekic, and I'll spell it. It's I-N-H. H-E-L, first name, and then R-E-K-I-K, the second name, and also on Twitter, Inhale Record. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert and founder of the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. We're based in Europe, but we provide in-house leadership training for women all over the world. So please contact me with questions at Leadership Beyond Borders at Gmail or go to my website, globalbusinesstherapy.com. 
www.womenslivingfaith.com and take a look at some of our seminars and courses in the Women's Leadership Academy. And with that, we are going to take a short break. Skilled migrants throughout the world can face a variety of challenges. Many times they settle for jobs that are below their skill level because their education and qualifications are not recognized. Do we need local experience in a global world? Join host Alma Besserton for the Global Workplace. We'll explore the issues being faced by migrants as well as showcase diversity and recognize the leadership and inclusion roles of some of today's top global organizations. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we are speaking with Inhale Ret. Ret-, Ret- uh, now I didn't say your name. <laughs> Rick. Rick. Okay, sorry. Okay. That was, so it's not about not pronouncing your name. That was just my little slip here in, in, in the radio show. Okay. Um, and she's a clinical engineering manager at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital and an advocate for getting women into engineering careers and making sure they have the opportunity to succeed once they're there. And I'd like to just talk about one subject in hell that mm-hmm. um, is a little bit more prevalent in engineering than it is in some other fields. And that's the wage gap. Okay. Have you seen this, experienced this? Um, what's your comments around this? So I don't think I have experienced it. So uh, I'm, I don't, I didn't change jobs relatively a lot in my career, but I think, I think women are paid less, not because their supervisors, their supervisors want to pay them less. I think it's because they don't negotiate for themselves. Oftentimes it's the salary you negotiate in the beginning that gets you. So it could be that a man doesn't negotiate well and he doesn't get paid as high as another man. So I think it's important to learn negotiation skills and you give a great um, advice for women in your book. It's all about your career. It's about it's all about you winning career strategies for women. But I think what they need to do is really um, when you when you negotiate your salary, you just don't say that I want a higher number. You have to know what the position is. You have to know your value, what you're bringing into the position, and ask for for be brave and ask for the number you want because. So oftentimes when even even if it's a job you really want, you're afraid to negotiate because you're afraid that they will take it back. But guess what? If they take it back, you don't want to work for them anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, um, of course, you're referring to my book. Thank you very much because I do a whole chapter on talking about yeah. negotiating because I completely agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. Negotiating, negotiating is so important, and we women do not do it. And I'm just kind of thinking a little bit that maybe the statistics might be a little bit higher in engineering because of the low statistics of women, and it might be a little bit more intimidating. I mean, first we don't do it well in the first place. Okay, so you know across the board no matter what what area we're in what industry we're in but then on top of it there's there's a little bit more intimidation when you're only 10% do you think that plays any role at all i i think it could be true but i think uh, we need to change our mindset sometimes if you're hired to lead a team i mean if you don't negotiate your salary i don't think your supervisor is going to think you're able to do the job uh-huh. so Good. Right. It's, it's a skill that you need to learn. So you need to show that your life smart as well as your job smart, that you can do your job. Um, it could be that it could be that it just uh, there is uh, there is no link. I don't know if women negotiate more in other industries than in engineering. But I think across the board, uh, we need to uh, we need to we need to know you need to know what's your market value. You need to be confident in your ability and the value you bring into the job in order to be able to negotiate. And it's all about how you negotiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there. I don't think there is any um, statistics. I don't think women in engineering negotiate more or negotiate less. I think it's pretty much across the board. I think maybe the statistics, as I say, fall, fall more in the area of, of where you have less women then you may have a higher gap, okay? But uh, I'm not sure, and that's a good point I'm going to have to look into. But let's yeah. talk about the company. Yeah, yeah, good point, okay? Let's talk about the companies, okay? I mean, we have a lot of, we have a lot of companies listening, um, managers, directors, um, and, and what is your message to, to the companies and to, to actually the executive management about leveling the playing field and, and, and also encouraging more women to get into engineering? Yeah, I think my advice is we really need to uh, make a diversity a priority. I think diverse teams make better work. Diverse companies have better policies. Uh, I think we need to, to, as a company, you need to, or as an executive team, you need to champion women. Women need sponsorship, need mentorship in order to advance. No woman, I think, can succeed without having a sponsor within the company who can speak about their value and what they bring in into the team. I think also uh, we need to really, um, women are not often open about their career goals, so you need to ask her, we need to ask women about their career goals, we need to uh, ask them to open up about their career goals. As companies, I think having um, having policy, having Flex, flex, uh, flex time for parents is very good into keeping parents and helping parents balance uh, work-life balance, uh, mm-hmm. par- balance their work and life. Um, parental leave, I don't think that all companies have parental leaves, but uh, in, parental leaves help uh, att- attract women attract talent to workplace and also it helps women in the career so they don't are not afraid of changing jobs or taking that promotion when uh, if 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 it happened at the same time as a pregnancy yeah. I, and that's a good point um that that is kind of, that is a subject probably across all fields but probably yes. more so in engineering because historically if you're going to if you're going to if you, historically if you had 90% or 85% men then you're probably not going to have those policies in place so yeah. you I hear your message to the senior leaders is look at the policies that you have in place so that you can attract the best talent no matter if it's a woman or a man and and today there's a lot of parental leave um from for fathers and um it's all about uh, attracting the best talent not the gender mm-hmm. isn't it yeah true um yeah go ahead i agree yeah yeah i agree it's all about attracting the talent and uh, having good policies helping parenting uh, i think helping parent it's not just women it's helping parents because fathers today as 
are involved as women in raising their kids. Um, so having better policies help attract talent and keep um, keep women in the work in the workplace. And you're you're a mom, okay, and and you're an engineer. And how how do you balance that all? So I think. Uh, it's 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 uh, so I, I see I see parenting as a shared responsibility. So I have a husband who is supportive. I think having a partner who is very supportive of your career uh, is a must, absolute must for every single woman. I think the most important this career decision you make is who is your partner because you cannot succeed if your partner is not supportive of your career. I think he needs to see it as important as he is, or it's very important uh, to, to, to choose the right partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how, and I think becoming a mother has really given me uh, more commitment to my work. I think most of my achieve- achievement have done after I become a mother. I just have a, like I'm more committed. Um, I'm working for a, big, a bigger, better purpose. Um, I'm better at time management. Um, I, I think it just makes me a better worker in the end. Mm-hmm. And so, to to that's so. What your does your company? You you have a little bit of flexibility with your company, and they support you, and you see that as very important because because of this shared responsibility, and be, because it doesn't matter if it's a woman or if it's a man. But if we're talking about engineering career, um, maybe those policies aren't there. And would your message be to companies to to go take a look and make sure that they're you know aggressively hiring, trying to, to recruit talent of no matter what, and maybe even aggressively hire a little bit more women? Would you say that? Yes. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, I've had, um, I've have, I have been very fortunate. I had uh, very f- supervisors who are very flexible. Um, so as an engineer, so I, you do mostly, you do your own projects. So I was flexible. Um, having someone who's flexible so you can, so you, you can, because, so you can balance your life, right? So you have, when you balance your life, you need to know when you're needed more at work and when you need to drop everything and go to your kid because he did something or he's sick. So this is life and you're going to have to manage it throughout your life. I think, uh, companies need to make an effort to hire more, more women and not only hire more women, but having more women also going into leadership role so we can balance the boardroom so we can met make better policies so we can help technology mm-hmm. um, in engineering so we can make better technology we can we actually change in lives with technology technology had changed the way we communicate um, the healthcare field is changing a lot um, so we will see a lot of uh, mobile health and uh, internet of things for healthcare uh, as medical devices so we really need to bring the best talent forward to carry us into the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a mom, I want to ask you, before, I have a couple closing questions, but I want to ask you one question that kind of lies in my heart. Um, um, what would you say to the parents out there about encouraging, I know you have two little boys, but um, if they have girls at home, about encouraging little girls to go into engineering. Now, I know um, Debbie uh, Sterling, who was an engineer at Sanford, came up with a super toy. It's called Goldie Blocks, and mm-hmm. um, it's engineering toys for girls. But what would you say to parents out there about encouraging their younger children to, to like engineering? Girls. Yeah, I think you need to um, to, to ex- expect as much of a little girl as a boy. My father was more, uh, I think he asked more of me than of my brothers. I am the oldest one. I think we, we need to encourage women to math. Uh, I used to do a math competition in high school and uh, I never saw it as not feminine. Um, so I think we need to encourage them to do to do into science. Uh, we need to uh, incur- to to tell them they can they can do anything boys can do. So that that's important to to teach them the importance of having a career of being independent. And uh, because to me, my job 
it's it's a really it's a it's my passion. It's not a mm-hmm. job. It's not yeah. just a job. So I'm happier when I am achieving at work. When I'm enjoying my job, it's all revolved around how happy I am at work. Okay. Okay. So this has been great, and I just would like to close with a um, if you could just give me. One sentence that of advice for the younger listeners who are contemplating career, and one sentence for the ones who are in the career. Okay, so I think you need to think about what, if you are going into the career. I think first of all, go for it. Um, engineering is a great career. Um, choose it you will not regret that so i think and once you are in make sure you handle assignment that are outside of your comfort zone make sure you ask for the next assignment make sure uh-huh. to recognize when you reach your expiration date within the job okay and, and i i think those are great tips to end with i mean um and uh, i you know i really really respect your 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 energy and your enthusiasm about getting getting women into engineering, and um, we're we're kind of running out of time. We could probably talk about this all day, but um, <laughs> I thank thank you so much. And um, for our listeners, we have been talking to Inhel Rekik, and she is the uh, clinical engineering manager at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, and she's an advocate. For women in engineering, and you can reach out to her at Inhel Rekik at I N H E L and then R E K I K on either Twitter or LinkedIn. And with that, it, um, I would just like to close to say that I, this has been really enlightening for me. Um, uh, if I could start my career over again, I would certainly look at engineering. And I think you have you have made the opportunities really, uh, in, you've communicated the opportunities so enthusiastically, and they are great. When I think about it, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, years ago when I went to university, liberal arts was the one you could jump over and go to this and go this, do that, and um, today it's engineering. So uh, if I would encourage all of our listeners, you know, that are in university and parents who have young girls and, um, you know, Try it, okay? And but yeah. the one thing is, don't don't overplan your career. Have a vision of where you want to be, and go for that, okay? And it's been just so great talking to you. And for our listeners, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series has been brought to you by the Women's Leadership Academy. 2020 and you can contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com if you're interested in some of our leadership development courses for women or coaching please contact and inhale it's been great talking to you thank you so thank much thank you thank okay. you great. and until next week and as I always end my leadership word for today is courage and courage to go into engineering because it sounds like a great career and just be part of it. Thank you and tune in to us next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.